0: consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on patreon even one dollar can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy look for a link over at the batmanuniverse.net to offer your support now and now on with the show
1: you don't like the drake hate the drake i
0: love the drake how
1: could you not like the drake who's the drake who's the
0: drake
2: the
1: drake is good no. Do you like the Drake? I love the Drake. What about
0: the Drake? Oh, screw the Drake. I love the Drake. This is Cam Bowen, voice of Tim Drake on Young Justice, and you're listening to Everyone Loves the Drake. Hi, this is James Tynan IV, and I love the Drake.
3: This is George Perez at Cincinnati Comic Expo, and everybody likes the Drake, especially the cakes.
0: Hi, this is Mark Wolfman, and everyone
4: loves the Drake. Hi, this is Marcus Toe, artist for Red Robin. You've been listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake podcast.
1: Good for them. Love the Drake. Got to love the Drake. I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible. Hello everyone and welcome to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. I'm your host Rob Myers and welcome to episode 120. The show is brought to you by the batmanuniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin, who of course is celebrating 80 years this year. We're also associated with Batman on Films Podcast Network at BatmanPodcastNetwork.com. So between the BatmanUniverse.net and Batman Podcast Network, you can find us. Speaking of find us, you can get a hold of us through the various social media outlets. The new one for us is our Blogspot page, and you can find us there at EveryoneLovesTheDrake.blogspot.com. Again, that'll give you just some extra detail and maybe an op-ed piece here or there between Terrence, Ryan, or Jay and myself to do an addendum to this show. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash everyone loves the Drake. We are on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. You can find us on Instagram. And you can also email into the show at Robin ELTD Podcast at Yahoo dot com. We've also resurrected our YouTube page. I did a live show. It's been a couple weeks ago now at the time that this is being recorded. So you can find us at www.youtube.com slash C slash Robin Everyone Loves the Drake podcast. Or just type in Everyone Loves the Drake and you'll find the show. And if you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Uh, Leave a review of the show, and we will read the review on the air like I'm getting ready to do right now as I'm looking for my phone, going, where did I put my phone? So one of the newest reviews that I let the month of August go by before checking my phone, and I just realized, hey, we're getting ready to close on September, and we had a new review. We got a five-star review here, and it's titled, Dick's Still the Best. So, okay, let's go ahead and read here. This comes from Luca13Razzi, uh, I believe, if I'm saying that correctly. He says, great show. I love the recap of the comics on the show. Great page recaps. I appreciate the work he puts in. So thank you, Luca, for sending in that review. And to some of my other fellow podcast hosts out there are doing they're doing some giveaways for sending in reviews and uh, maybe doing like a, a monthly giveaway so that's something i'm actually kind of toying with i've kind of accumulated some stuff myself so send a review to us five stars would be awesome would be great but three four five ten I think you do ten but you know what I mean Uh, send the reviews to us we'll read them on air and uh, this also helps spread the words of the show so episode 120 is here like that has happened for some of the previous episodes, Terrence Ryan and myself had gotten together on a particular Saturday. I can't remember which day it was now and recorded like a three hour recording session covering a bunch of the episodes that you've listened to. And we've cut them up to inter splice between our 80th anniversary episodes. So we're back in continuity now, as far as the nineties go with Tim Drake but before we get to that, I do have a few topics that, because of our recording sessions, we didn't do intros for each individual episode. That was going to be left to me to edit, cut, and paste, and depending on what news items might happen to be out there, would depending on the type of intro that there would be. So there are some new things that pertain to Tim Drake and the Batman universe as a whole, and the big one at the time I'm recording this, this is September 20th, 2020, and yesterday on September 19th was what I like to call Robin's Partner Day, or in this case, (laughs) Batman Day. So I did go out and uh, do some Batman Day shopping. Now again, with the whole wonderful COVID thing that's going on, there wasn't a lot of Like Barnes & Noble or Books A Million or some even comic shops were a little loose on trying to drag a whole bunch of people out, trying to be very socially distancing and all of that stuff. So none of the major like big box retailers, again, like Barnes & Noble, Books A Million or if you have something various in your neck of the woods, didn't do anything, but I'm doing air quotes that you can't see a local comic shop to me called Freedom Comics in Toledo, Ohio, did have a Batman Day event. Now, a lot of comic shops got masks for the Joker that they were giving out in honor of Batman Day. This would have been a good year with it being Robin's 80th anniversary, Catwoman's, the Joker, for Batman Day, send masks out. Now, they have done like a Robin mask previously, just more like the Domino mask. I didn't see any Batman masks this year, but Freedom Comics was the only comic shop that I went to was having a 20% off all Batman back issues and I think Batman items in the store with the exception of statues and that was relegated to 10%. So they were doing theirs a little a little odd like their statues were going only if it was Batman so I'll tell you about the statue I got and I think by what they thought was in the package, they gave me the 10% off, but I'll I'll get that in a second. So I went to Freedom Comics and uh, love their store. It's uh, fairly new. I think they might be in their first year, I believe, in existence, and it's a really great store if you're in Ohio and you're in the Toledo area. I do recommend checking out Freedom Comics. A couple items I did get, the first one I have here was talking about a statue, and again, at the time that this is being recorded, I've posted all over all of our social media stuff so i've put up images of everything that i've purchased from batman day but if you haven't checked that this may be a way to go check twitter instagram and our facebook page to say hey here what are the items that rob has talked about i don't know what they are so the first one i picked up and this was something i had my eye on for a while and they can be a little expensive. This was from Kotobukiya, and uh, they've done a lot of the New 52 statues. Uh, More importantly for this channel, they did a New 52 Red Robin statue where he's pointing. It's actually taken from Teen Titans number two, a number three for the new 52 or maybe even issue three, if I believe, or he's pointing um, at Superboy and their right is about, they're getting ready to fight. But anyway, they made a statue of that, all the primary Batman families. And they did this line this year and I'm probably butchering the name of this. So I'm going to spell it. I K E M E N. So I believe it's ikemen series. And I believe what this loosely translates into is sexy man. So there is a Batman statue, a Red Hood statue, a Nightwing statue, and a Red Robin statue. I can't remember if I said Robin to Damian Wayne statue. Now, I did pick up the Red Robin statue, and it is Red Robin in his pre new 52 outfit. So it's very, at least as far as the face goes, it's very Japanese anime. And uh, so for their sexy man type thing, there's that little bit of uh, boyish gleam, I think is the word I want to use for it. They're not really in sexy poses with the exception of Nightwing. He's posed looking over his shoulder. So the actual front of statue is looking at his butt. And I believe he's got his finger to his mouth, kind of in a cheesy beefcake-type fashion. I didn't pick that statue up. But they do have alternate heads. So in Series 1, a sticker it's on here, most of it is written in uh, Japanese, but in English it says, First Edition, Bonus Parts Included. So the bonus part that is included in this, all the characters are unmasked, and then Series 1 you get a masked version so you can take, interchange the heads on them. So you can get a normal standard portrait of them just looking normal and then you get some type of sexy faced pose where Red Robin is winking, so I decided not to do that one. The hair actually comes off and you can slide the face the face, the face plate in and interchange the faces from the winking cute face or to the smoldering blue ice look face. There's a, a reference for you to go check out. And then the bonus piece is the cowled Red Robin mask. So that's the version I actually put on. The standard face is okay. It's a little bit probably too Japanese anime for me, but the rest of the costume looks exactly like the pre new fifty two red robin costume the sculpt is sculpting is always great from Kodubukia again, go check out Instagram and our Twitter Facebook page. I put plenty of pictures up there of how you interchange the face plates and remove the hair and all that stuff so you could see the different various looks of this so it's it was a really good piece now this was ten percent off and i 'm not saying this as a, a bragging way if somebody's like, "Oh, I wonder how much this piece is." At the local shop I went to, it was eighty nine ninety nine, so about ninety bucks. So after taxes, taking the ten percent off, it was roughly you know rusting back at the you know it basically took the tax off. They weren't initially going to give the ten percent. They said, "Well, it's Batman Day. It's for you know Batman." And I was thinking, "Well, this is huge. You've got Harley Quinn, you've got Nightwing, you've got Batman." So I don't know if they were wanting to not want to lose a lot of money on the sale, but they saw the Red Robin cowl in there. And they said, oh, well, there is a Batman piece in there. And initially, when I looked at it, I had forgotten about the cowled version of it. And I thought, oh, well, maybe that's the alternate Batman head for the Batman statue since he comes unmasked. And as I got to thinking about it after I checked out, I walked to the car and I was like, wait a minute. This is series one. This is just the red Robin cowled alternate headpiece. So because that it primarily looks like Batman minus the ears, they looked in it really quick and said, well, there is a Batman piece. so We'll give you the 10% off. So it wasn't like I was trying to get away with anything. I was like, Oh, is there an additional Batman piece in here that I'm not seeing like behind the sticker? So again, it wasn't like I got this 50% off and like, well, I probably should have said something. I figured with 10%, if they say there's a Batman piece in here, I wasn't going to argue <laughs> about that. I had also picked up a couple comics. Uh, nothing big of noteworthy other than they were a little bit older and having the 20% off. I could buy like a $25 book that maybe I wouldn't have normally picked up on top of a statue. But my wife's like, hey, you, know, you can get a couple extra comics here, cheaper than normal. So I bought Detective Comics 478, and it is the reappearance of Clayface 3 and uh, Batman... uh 230, but it was about a $25 book. The thing that I really gravitated me toward it, not because it was a $25 book or anything, is because it was an older comic. It was, you know, 230. So I thought, well, I don't have a lot of books that were in the 200 or lower. So I thought this is a really good way to get an older Batman book and really not break the bank. And then the last thing that I had bought that really wasn't on discount or anything like that. Uh, I had gone to Books a Million to just try and see if there was anything else that some of the big box stores were doing, and they there weren't. So I looked at some of the action figures and other books, and I saw the McFarlane's DC uh, Multiverse Bat-Raptor. So it was a vehicle that you could put Batman in for uh, the new action figures that McFarlane toys are doing. And it's something I've been looking at for quite a while going, oh, I don't know if I really need another Bat vehicle. But the thing just looks so darn cool. And every time I look at it, I pass up on it. And I thought, you know what? It's Batman Day. Why the heck not? So I bought it. And again, you can see pictures of that on Twitter and Instagram and our Facebook page. So as I flip the uh, keyboard over right there, so I'll I'll leave that in. (laughs) So the other news for tim drake and robin is that uh, tim drake appears in detective comics 1027 in a backup story by brian michael Bendis and he's in his red robin a rebirth costume which i'm about halfway uh through uh, rereading that book again i read it when i first got it and i i might do something on the podcast about it or we might talk about it but uh it was a really good story considering that it was bendis and if you listen to our sister show, Everyone Loves Young Justice, Jay and I have kind of been going back and forth about how we've not been overly ecstatic or to use a Young Justice term. We've been very whelmed with Bendis's Young Justice work and then kind of what's going on in Superman. And I really dug Bendis's take on the Detective Comics, you know, celebratory issue. And then also in. Batman number 99 in Joker War, we see Tim Drake, and he's in his, let me get this right, he's in his Young Justice Rebirth costume, essentially. I don't know if it's Rebirth anymore, but he's in his Young Justice Robin costume, and they refer to him as Red Robin in that book. So that kind of brings back to us going, all right, well, Tim Drake's Robin again, and Damien's not Robin. And that was part of the live show I did on YouTube. This kind of underlines, at least for me, that they put Tim back as Red Robin. So he is no longer the Drake. Thank God that's that's done. I'm fine with him being Red Robin. I would almost rather them just call him Robin. But if there's some way they're going to bring Damien back, then we don't have to start doing more shifts. Tim can just stay Red Robin and having this new Kotobuki statue in the pre-continuity or the pre-New 52 look of Red Robin, I'd be just fine with him going back to that costume. I would even like to see Tim be in the one year later Red Robin costume, Red, comma, pause, <laughs> Robin costume and call him Red Robin and let him be a Red Robin. I I don't know why somebody just didn't do that for the costume, but I do really like, and I'm one of the few that like the double R rebirth costume. But I think I even like the Young Justice Robin costume even more. So I think we we're all splitting hairs here of how Tim Tim should be, Tim should look, and all that stuff. To me, I think his best footing and his best fit is Robin. When you say Tim Drake, the first thing I I don't think of Red Robin, I think of him as being Robin. I sure as heck don't think of Drake. <laughs> Maybe I'll think of the savior. <laughs> I definitely think of savior first before I think of Drake, but all the stuff that's on my walls and all the, this whole podcast is based around Tim Drake being Robin. I think that is the best fit for Tim and you can go to the live show on YouTube, and I expound for about an hour on that and interacting uh, with some of you on that show so i won 't belabor that You can go check that out on YouTube. The last thing that came out recently was the eightieth anniversary deluxe edition of Robin, and I believe I have posted this on Instagram and Twitter. Just kind of want to talk about it here. So this year we had the 80 page giant that came out and like they did for Batman and some of the other ones, they put out like a hardcover edition of that, that had a little bit more, or maybe had one story from that 80 page. I don't know if this book is for me because I believe a lot of the stories that are in this book, I have in some various form. And I do want to talk about a couple of them that are in this book. The back of this reads: says, 80th anniversary of Robin the Boy Wonder, the most famous sidekick ever. Read iconic stories from eight decades of superheroics starring Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, Stephanie Brown, and Damian Wayne. Damian Damian Wayne, featuring commentary and historical insight from Peter J. Tomasi, Denny O'Neill, and Chuck Dixon, and on-screen legend Burt Ward. So there's some of the essays that are in this. And it says, with more than 100 pages of never-before-reprinted material, including a flashback to Dick's final training in Batman Chronicles, the gauntlet, Tim's brush with gun violence in Sophomore Lethal, which we covered on this show, I find it ironic and kind of cool that we brought Chris Kyle onto that show to talk about this particular story. This was kind of the crossover with Green Air, if you remember that show. And uh, those issues are Robin 25 and 26. So I thought that was kind of cool that they, of all of the Tim Drake Robin stories, they chose those two specifically. And that was something that we, Kind of made a big deal here on this show, so I thought that was kind of cool. Like, hey, we were ahead of the curve, and maybe somebody at DC heard our show. Probably not. Um, <laughs> and it says in a pre-crisis Jason Todd story versus the crazy quilt in, in Detective Comics five thirty five, which I have that issue. It's a it's a really good issue. And then it says a hostage negotiation at an amusement park in No More Heroes and Batman 466 and much more. So the cover price on this bad boy is about 30 bucks. again, depending on where you get it. I got it from my, air quotes, local comic shop that I really don't have a local comic shop. It's a pull service. But anyway, uh, I thought this was a really cool book. I really haven't cracked uh, much into this at all. The stories in this book, in case you're wondering, like, yeah, do I really want this book? Might be a skip, or maybe this is something you do want. The stories that are in here are Detective Comics 38, kind of a no-brainer. I might want to do, as I'm having an epiphany as I'm talking about this right now, it might be kind of interesting to look at the 75th anniversary edition book, and then this one kind of back-to-back, just to kind of compare and contrast the stories that are in the two. Uh, Michael Bailey and Andrew Leyland did that on the overlooked dark night, uh, talking about like, well, I had this book and five years later, this one came out. Do I really need both books? So, Uh, The stories in this, again, like I said, Detective Comics 38 from 1940, Star Spangled Comics 65, 1947, Detective Comics 165 from 1950, Star Spangled Comics 124 from 1952, Teen Titans 14 from 1968, Detective Comics 394 from 1969, Detective Comics 395 from 1970, Two stories back to back, so those must be tied together. Batman 368 from 1984, Detective Comics 535 from 1984, Batman 510 from 1987, Batman 511 from 1987, Batman 66 from 1991, Robin 25 and 26 from 1996, Batman Chronicles The Gauntlet, number one, 1997, Detective Comics. 796 from 2004, Batman and Robin Zero from 2012, Batman Incorporated number one from 2012, Super Sons number five from 2017, and Detective Comics 1000 2019. So that is the uh, one story that they uh, put in here from that. And it is the James Tynan story, and that is uh, the precedent. So. This is where we're going to pause for a couple promo ads. And when we come back, we will hear the synopsis of Robin 31 and Terrence and Ryan and I's discussion on that issue. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you after the break.
2: Did you leave the car running, Andy?
3: I did. I'm not sure why, but I did.
2: It's important. Like getting these comics from Ryan and Chris's nightcast offices.
3: Why are we getting these comics from Brian and Chris?
2: So, since Nightcast isn't covering what they originally set out to cover, I thought it would be fun to talk about the Jim Starlin run of Batman, so we're getting the comics from them to do that.
3: And and they know that we're doing this?
2: What? That we're covering Batman issues 414 to 430? Yeah, totally. I I checked in with them and
3: everything. So you got permission to get these comics, which includes the storylines, Ten Nights of the Beast, The Cult, and The Death in the Family?
2: I... Totally told them we were
3: covering these books, yes. And we're starting these episodes in May. That is, if you actually edit them on time.
2: Yeah, Andy. The the series starts in May and can be found on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and at Com. Busting my balls and
3: everything. <sighs> All right, right but let, let's, let's hurry up. There are listeners that want to hear this, and I have to get back to Atlanta in 28 hours so I can get my flight home. Oh,
2: no problem. I got the comics right here. What's going on here? Andy, Mike,
3: what are you doing here?
2: Why do you have our
3: comics? Say, Mike. Yes, Andy. We didn't get permission to take these comics, did we? No, Andy. And when you told me to get the box out of the car, you were really picking the lock to get in here? Yes, Andy. So what do we do now?
2: Well, uh, we could try to talk our way out of this, but when I tell you to run, run! Run! The Overlooked Dark Knight covers the Jim Starlin Batman run. A multi-part series of episodes beginning in May of 2020. From the grisly dumpster killings to a death in the family and everything in between. The Overlooked Dark Knight is part of the Fortress of bailey podcasting network located at www.fortressofbaileytood.com. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, and... And Spotify.
1: I'm
3: gonna barbecue your ass in molasses.
2: The
4: Justice League wouldn't help him, so Batman formed a new team. These people of power are all looking for something be it their past, or a purpose, or simply somewhere to fit in. These are the heroes for a troubled age. They are the outsiders.
3: We are the Outsiders!
4: We are the Outsiders! Covering Mike W. Barr's 1983 series from the very beginning, as they face villains no other team can, like Agent Orange, the Force of July, and the Nuclear Family.
3: (laughs) Puns. This is The Outcasters, a Batman and the Outsiders podcast. Look for us with The Huntress Podcast on
4: Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Or listen at our website, thehuntresspodcast.com, and follow us on Twitter at BatOutcasters.
1: We are The Outcasters, because to live outside the law, you must be honest. All right, another credits for Robin 31. This comes to us by the way of Mike's Amazing World, mikesamazingworld.com, a great resource for all of your comic info needs. The cover date is July 1996, with an on-sale date of May twenty second 1996. The cover price is $1.95, with the editor being the late Dennis J. O'Neill. Writer is Chuck Dixon. The penciler is Mike Rowingo, and his last penciling, For DC and the Robin book. The anchor is Stan Woosh. The letter is Timothy Harkins. The colorist is the lovely Adrian Roy. This has been reprinted once in Batman Legacy Volume 2 trade paperback released in 2017, which will be the next thing we are going to discuss. And now the synopsis for Robin 31... Up to Speed. I'm taking this from DC Wiki, a fandom page with a few embellishments of my own as the synopsis for this was a little thin. And since this has been kind of a Frankenstein show, let's just keep with the theme. Tim and Ariana visit a car show, but both are distracted. Ariana, by the sight of Jake Armstrong, who had tried to force himself on her. And Tim, by the sight of boxer and former heavyweight champion Ted Grant, a.k.a. the Wildcat. And more importantly, by the Speed Boys, a gang of carjackers. When Tim returns later as Robin, he encounters the Wildcat, and works with him to ensure that the Speed Boys do not get away with any of the prized cars in the showing, which also includes the Wayne Tech prototype car. Robin and Wildcat pursue the Speed Boys through the Gotham City streets as they were able to steal the Wayne Tech prototype. This results in the capture of the Speed Boys, but also the damage of the Wayne Tech prototype. Ouch. He then heads to the Batcave, where Batman has received some very bad news. Mayor Kroll has died from the virus The Clench. Even though he had received a cure, what does this mean for Tim? He had the virus himself too. Is he now in danger of dying? Up next, Batman Legacy. Well, I guess a good segue. Let's go to Robin 31 and this will get us to properly get us to a Legacy. And this is another one of those little you could read this as a one-off issue. I believe this one is also in the Contagion story, I believe, if I remember right, the the trade paperback. i have to go back through and pull it out. I'll I'll go look real fast. Because I can't remember if it's just the two Maxi Zeus ones and this one. But uh, I, I might be wrong on that. I know both Maxi Zeus's are, but something tells me that this is in here as well. This is a really cool, I don't know if I would say cool cover, but there's a lot going on in this cover. So as minimalist as Detective Comics 699 was, there's a lot going on with the truck coming off the top of the freeway, one of the thugs shooting out, which is, is the Speed Boys. If you go clear back, talk about Dixon pulling things together. This goes back to issue one and issue two of the robin series we've got the speed boys again you've got Catman, or excuse me wildcat rather on the hood of the car and robin so there's a lot going on in this cover but i think it's done really well a, a micro wingo cover and the last micro wingo cover for this series so what you guys think of this cover and we'll wait to hear if i'm totally wrong about this as ryan pulls out contagion uh, let's start with terrence
4: I would call this a classic Ringo cover. Mm. And it's the, the sad that this is his last issue. And, you know, unfortunately, as I think we've mentioned several times, he's he's passed away. So, uh, unfortunately, we don't get any more of his great art. But I, I really like this cover. And I would even, because there's so much going on, I would even give it a poster worthy. Mm. I, would, I would hang this. And that's probably because I, I also really like the character Wildcat. And I just think there's a lot of cool motion going on, and, and it's very dynamic in this. This, so I would I would give it a poster worthy. Right. Too. How, how wrong am I.
0: I? No, it's you're actually. Not not actually. You're usually right. You're you're right. Yeah, it is in the new Legacy trade. When when okay. me and when me and Terrence were talking, I've got the two the two volume new editions of Legacy, but there's all I've also got the original Legacy, and it has it has. Um, some little pre preamble stuff, some prolog stuff where it just skims over some of these issues mm, just okay. to get you up to speed with the status quo and then it has the actual legacy issues. But what's cool about these trade paperbacks is that the entire first volume of this legacy thing are these issues. It's like it's all prolog stuff and hmm. the actual legacy stuff doesn't really even start until the second volume really like I mean the let's see it goes all the way to like it begins volume one begins with the three detective issues I mean so technically we're covering legacy already um, as, as as far as the graphic novel trade paperbacks are concerned and it ends with it ends with part one it ends with legacy part one. Okay. <laughs> so like the entire, you know, you have a whole paperback, but you only get part one <laughs> of the story. So, <laughs> but yeah, so Robin 31 is indeed in Batman Legacy Volume 1.
1: Nice. Well, a new feature, we'll see how long I I keep this around. So, I started thinking about anytime we are introduced to a new character or a new DC character, one we'll do just a brief little uh, history blurb, but you know, of course, I'm going to pull this from Wikipedia or other sources. The Robin Wildcat and Robin splash page is very cool. Uh, like, what do you guys thought uh, thoughts about Wildcat as a character? Theodore Ted Grant, created by Bill Finger and Irving Hassan, if I'm saying that right, in 1941 and Sensation Comics number one, 1942 is when the comic actually came out and and trained Batman. So, what do you guys think of just Wildcat as a character? And I don't know if odd pairing is wrong, I, I could you can always see Batman and Wildcat teaming up together but putting wildcat and robin together is kind of cool and something that i i wasn't expecting you know i if you would have given me all the characters in the dc universe to pair robin with i don't know if i'd have picked wildcat if i had 100 tries terrence
4: so the the whole idea of wildcat training batman or training bruce wayne was that originally done in the animated series or did that come from the um comics I, I, don't I can't remember I thought like it was that, on the animated series but maybe it that, wasn't, I don't know.
0: Maybe if it was maybe it was in the was it in like the when the Justice League
1: unlimited series. That's Once what I, I it, thought. Was it was referred to more more in that.
4: Well, I like him I like him as as being an older character, like a throwback mm-hmm. from an a older time. Yeah. And that he he had a lot of involvement in that hand-to-hand fighting or hand-to-hand fighting and training of the modern superheroes and I like him as a supporting character and as a side character and in justice society, I don't think we need, you know, a monthly wildcat title necessarily, <laughs> you know, or a wildcat solo movie, but he's definitely a character that I thought's pretty cool. And I like his costume too, because it's pretty simple in this day and age when, and by this day and age, I mean, 25 years ago when this book came out, <laughs> um, with the image guys and having you know uh fifteen pouches on your left leg alone and you know eighteen guns the size of you know I don't know a corvette or something, you know it was cool to see a guy who's just kind of kind of almost like a ninja with a cat face
0: Ryan is I just feel like there was some great unmade. Wildcat movie that we should have got like ten years ago with, with Stallone in it. I mean, that's a little bit on the nose, but man, I would yeah. kind of would have loved to. Just reading this book makes me just be like, man, wish we would have gotten like a like a live action Wildcat or something like that. Can you imagine? Hey, you, I'm um, Wildcat, you know, just punching things. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, um, but, but. Uh, but I love Wildcat. It's He's one of those characters, like Terrence was saying, that I, I don't think about him too often. But when he does show up, it's like, oh, yeah, cool. Wildcat's cool. And, you know, when he shows up on, he's on Arrow a little bit. Um, you know, so it's 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 always interesting when you get another, quote, grounded, no superpowers type of character, you know. Great now. Now when I reread this, I'm going to hear Sylvester Stallone's
4: voice in all the Wildcat
0: dialogue. The
4: speed boys are the disease. I'm the cure. I'm the <laughs> cure and <laughs> everything. Let's arm wrestle.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have a cat fight. My paw Well, what I'm going to hear when I read this is Sylvester Stallone as <laughs> Wildcat, but donned by Ryan Hoss. That's oh, what I'm going to
3: no.
1: <laughs> Speaking of that, I'm gonna try, this is a weird segue episode. A note I've got here is when Ari sees Tim, uh, looking at someone else other than her. Ugh. Like, I kind of put my foot in my mouth in the last episode, so Rob had to do some editing. So I'll, <laughs> I'll leave that out for this episode. But I want to go, it's a dude, by the way, so that Tim sees Ted, but I'm like, Ari, we have gone down this road once before. Like, okay, you dyed your hair because Tim was looking at a girl. Are you going to start boxing now? Because Tim noticed, like, you know, there is a girl on the hood of the car. So I'm assuming that's who she thought, like...
4: In fairness to
1: her this time, it's a girl in
4: a bikini, a model on the hood of a car. The last time it was just some random person dressed in black at a funeral. She's like, oh, blonde, fine. You know, yeah. I just wanted to... You didn't ever mention it. At the car show... Ariana, or Ari, I always say her name wrong, sees the, the, uh, attacker. I forget his name, the guy who tried to go too far with her on the date. What was his oh, name? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't even think they say his name there. They show a little sidekick and she Kurtz. wants to leave. Kurt- Kurtz and the reason why I bring that up is because that'll come out in issue 40 so we're Ugh. in 31 so issue 40 has a cover with Ari like clutching her stomach on the ground and Tim looking oh, above her yeah. and then uh, as Robin all in red clenching his fist yelling and it says after the pain rage uh, and so that's that stuff is still you know 9-10 months away in real time playing out in Dixon's mind so it's it's pretty awesome
1: yeah, the day is going to come when Dixon's not on the book, and I think Terrence and I kind of experienced that in the J.L. May episode with Bill mm-hmm. Willingham writing the books. It was, it, it was one thing to jump, you know, just a, a couple issues here or there in the Robin book, but to jump like fifty, sixty, some issues ahead, and you can kind of tell, like, well, this is it's Tim Drake, but it's a it's a little different, so. You know we we've got a long ways to go before before we get to that part, but and by different you mean bad, <laughs> bad yeah. <laughs> it was fun to be part of the crossover, but man, those were three rough issues. <laughs> but uh, so I thought that was cool that we're introduced to Ted early on, and he has like a very much like Hugh Hefner look on page six with his like red jacket, and he's got the you know like the gray the gray almost sideburns off to the side. And I love the flashbacks when they do things like that. You kind of see it done in the animated series where they do that, that monochrome colors to show you like, Hey, this is something in the past. But I remember looking at the car on this and going, okay, it reminds me of something. I think it, Oh, it's probably the red bird, but seeing the group of guys up on the top of page seven, why am I remembering this car? And then going, Oh, it's the Speed Boys. Oh, the Speed Boys return. That's from 1993, and this book is 19, was it, 1996. So not only is Dixon pulling from the last two or three months in a, a previous issues in Detective Comics, he's going back a few years to bring the Speed Boys back in. So there was a part of me that was really hoping, like, oh, wouldn't it be great if we had Shotgun Smith in this Issue as well, but you know, sadly, that's not so. It's almost like the same question, like, "Oh, what do you guys think about Dixon bringing back characters? Like, for him to bring back the Speed Boys and have that be who Robin and Wildcat are going after in this, just kind of really really made me grin ear to ear, and it made me kind of time travel back in the podcast and look how far we have come, even though it's like. This is issue 31, Rob, and we've been doing this podcast for five years, and we're only on issue 31. But man, we've covered a lot of ground, and here we are kind of going like, hey, you remember, remember us from 1993? So, what did you guys think of Dixon throwing the Speed Boys back into this, uh, Terrence? justice system in Gotham City
4: really is a revolving door. <laughs> <It is. laughs> no wonder Lockup had to take things in his own hands. Because what was the guy's name with the guns in the last issue? Is it Little Young L- M- Little L. Little L's out, the Speed Boys are out, so, you know, but it is cool that Dixon is building this little, this little world for Tim. I just wish we could get Shotgun Smith back, yeah.
0: Yeah, Ryan? I really hope that there's some sort of crossover that we haven't discovered yet that's like <laughs> I know. Robin versus Speed Boys versus Cyber Rats. Because <laughs> yeah. that would be amazing. I mean, I just found out that there was that cyber there's literally a Cyber Rats miniseries and I'm like, What? <laughs> like I yeah. would you'd never have thought that there was a whole cyber like who how did how did who convince who to make a three issue or whatever it was, <laughs> Cyber Rats like miniseries spin off? Like there's gotta be I just love seeing these Dixonverse characters just pop their concepts pop up here and there. It's 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 pretty rewarding the more you read the more you get rewarded when things like this happen. It just enriches the world.
1: I don't want to make light of the issue cuz this I really enjoyed this issue and I don't I don't want to say the sentence like there's not a lot that happens in this like story-wise it's just a chase adventure. It's really cool seeing Wildcat sitting in the passenger seat of the red bird with Tim driving, you know, like the first non, well, I shouldn't say that. Cause uh, green arrow, Connor Hawk was in the, uh, the passenger seat and you know, Nightwing's driven the car, but it's a, a chase with the speed boys down the highway. And just the little exchanges that uh, wildcat and Robin have back and forth of Tim going does, does he know, who i am does he know who that batman's bruce wayne and that kind of whole thing back and forth but i think can i jump in there yeah which we talked about
4: this the last time we recorded a podcast episode insert number here um (laughs) (laughs) and ryan had mentioned it about how it was an adjustment reading tinian's tim drake about being you know super smart and the genius who knows everything because um of That's how, like, Jeff Johns kind of wrote him in the Teen Titans run. And here, like, page 11, and, like you just mentioned, Rob, it's a great kind of moment where, you know, Tim's smart. He's a bright guy, but he doesn't know everything. And he's, like you said, mm-hmm. h- how much does Grant know? Does he know that the kid he trained was Bruce Wayne? Does he know that Bruce Wayne went on to be Batman? Does he know who I am? Where is everything? I, I like him better this way, where he's smart, but he doesn't know everything.
1: Yeah.
0: Ryan? Ryan? Yeah, I like exactly. that too. I like that too, especially kind of just because it keeps the characters grounded, and so you're not um, expecting them to always. I mean, you're expecting them to kind of triumph at
1: the end, but you know, you want to see them kind of struggle a little bit <laughs> to get there. Yeah. yeah, and I think if this is the last, not if, like this is the last issue for Raringo, I really think he goes out on on a high note on this issue. And we've said it before in other podcasts when somebody's getting ready to leave that, you know, oh there's a fill-in issue and you know somebody's going off the book so they just kinda churn out the churn out the issue and it is what it is. But uh the the whole like i said before, like car chases are always really kind of hard to make them look like everything's moving and just not stagnant shots of like, oh here's a car and we'll mm-hmm. do some line mm-hmm. work. There there is a little bit of that but you do get a sense of movement with it and just Robin... Uh, I keep wanting to say Catman. Wildcat jumping uh, from... You know. I'm
0: with Wildcat, you know? Don't That's going to be an Man. opening of some show I'm going to use forever. <laughs> yeah.
1: but There's I, a whole different character. He's in the Secret <laughs> Six, you know? And I'm not part of that. <laughs> uh, but I just... I, I love the car chase aspect of it and them leaping around and getting a hold of the Speed Boys. The coloring is just immaculate in these... Issues too with the kind of the purple and red lights from the the police sirens and everything going on. And uh, page fifteen, there is a panel
4: which wow. really sells that that it is a high speed chase where Catman, <laughs> as you call him, I know, his, his Wildcat, <laughs> is like gripping the dashboard and his eyes are <laughs> wide, like, and his mouth is open. So I think that's that sells it too. The facial expressions sell it every bit as much as you know speed
0: lines on the highway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's that whole thinking of like, again, it's the whole character, you know, showing the characters through their, their reactions. Like, if this was in a movie and this that was really happening, they would be, you know, maybe acting this way or bracing. He's like, oh, used nice to be a driving ed teacher. You're driving bad you're a kid. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and then that, that's the kind of stuff, I bet you, that's the kind of stuff that artists think about. I mean, that's probably the, not exactly what Chuck Dixon probably wrote when in the script for this. I bet you that's something that the writer was like, "How can I make this look cool?" You know, in on the page as they're driving, because it's probably really boring just to show people just "ooh, we're in a car or whatever." But to have them <laughs> their facial reactions and how their body language is in the car, even the you know in the page before that, you just see them kind of their body language is completely different. So you can you get you get a lot of a read into the character just just by that. Yeah, the dialogue on top it gets more even more interesting. Here, here's one thing I wondered: Did the Redbird get totaled in this?
1: Um, it was. I actually had a note about that. I wish it, it comes I back. Looking, it's in later issues. Yeah, but, yeah it I does. But I think That's it nice. goes wait, off the cliff though. Doesn't? Yeah, but the, way, the highway.
0: Yeah, like it's. You see it in one panel, and then the next panel they're talking about like, you know, the. But you just talking about the. Is Wildcat talking about the totaled car? That was oh, I stolen. think it's the XL, the yeah.
1: uh, the Wayne, the Wayne car. Okay.
4: And just make yeah. sure if you're listening to this, make sure you've made your Patreon contribution. <laughs> <laughs> right. Can I just mention at the end of the car chase, I love, love, love the scene where they're they're leaving each other. Oh yeah. And yeah. Tim refers to Wildcat as he says, "Same here, Champ." And Wildcat's like scratching his head. Why not leave him guessing? Like just enough to to, and he does that with like. It's it's Tim being smart and you know not knowing everything, but like he likes to let you know that he's he, you know why mm-hmm. he always calls spoiler Steph and not spoiler just to know like I I know a little something you don't you know mm-hmm. and that that is a great great moment and even the look on Tim's face there with the little like smirk is is priceless
1: and it's written not in the Jeff Johns. I don't mean this in a bad way either, but it's not written as that arrogant, like later Champ. Like you, you can hear how Tim is actually saying those lines in a really playful way, and it's it's coming across. I, I think that's that's a brilliant thing that a, a writer and artist can do. It's one thing just to have printed words on it, but when you can really convey emotion, you can you're invested in the characters. You can hear how we're saying it. Like I just can see like an animated series. And hearing the Tim Drake of that animated series, saying it very lightly, like, wow, this this kid knows I'm a champ. Well, well, hey, wait a minute. You know, end of episode, you know, Bugs Bunny shows up eating the carrot and, you know, Warner Brothers credits. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this is, again, like the last two, last three issues, I thought this could have been an animated series episode. This this one screams animated oh, series yeah. for me. Oh, Brave and the Bold. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. This would
0: definitely work as a Brave the Bold. I mean, Bold. when you said Wildcat, it just... I remember getting – there there's a few issues of the original Brave and the Bold comic series that that have – that's Batman and Wildcat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I that's, mean, that's where you see those kinds of stories. It's like Batman and somebody you probably wouldn't
1: <laughs> expect. Yeah.
0: That's, that's that's your window to get characters like that um, paired with Batman or, you right. know, Batman-type characters.
1: And then this ends with the revelation that just because you've had the virus doesn't mean you're cured. So guess what, folks? Tim's not out of the woods quite yet but as we found out in our JL May episode tim's okay so spoilers if you've heard the JL May episode already this continues in batman 533 and the proper official start of batman can not contagion i'm getting confused Batman legacy. So something we've been talking about for a while is finally going to come the next time the three of us get on the mic together. And I've said before, I might just want to take the passenger seat and let Ryan Mm. uh, take us down, make make him do some homework for this. (laughs) So I could just sit back and go, "Mm, yes, I like that too. (laughs) But uh, one of the last things I have here for this is this issue marks the last DC comic issue by Mike Rowingo. He would move to Marvel Comics in 96 for Avengers 400, and he would return to DC Comics in 2001 for, uh, amongst some other artists, for uh, Superman Volume 2, 165. Um, I'm not sure what that issue was, but it was kind of like a celebratory issue, or he's just part of one. And then... Uh, would pass away six years later on august 12th 2007 terrence you had uh, brought this up the last time that he was a a, a, tr- a trotic i always say that word wrong of the the dissension of the uh, aortic uh, valve and his home in durham uh north carolina at the age of 44 really kind That's of crazy. Uh, sad uh sad to lose him and I, I think maybe we said it on the last episode did you guys realize that i mean I hear both of you guys uh, mention uh, Durham, you know, uh, all the time. Uh, Were you aware that he was a native, not only of your state, but really close to...
0: No, I mean, uh, I live in Durham,
1: and and that's crazy. yeah. Yeah, like, I didn't, I had never really realized that. Is there a sign out front, like, this is the home of, you know, Mike Rowingo, or I wonder if there's any, like... Landmarks in in Durham or or anything like that that would I don't kind
0: know of that's a good question that's a good question maybe like that. that's
1: something Terrence
0: you might um, bring up to some of the Ultimate Comics people next time you next time you go in
4: yeah I don't know and I was looking somewhere I, he wasn't born here I, I think he was born in another country maybe you can insert that Rob I I don't have that up so I don't know what kind of brought him over here I know the um, big comic store around Ultimate Comics has three locations and they do a big thing for free comic book day and they have the same kind of uh, group of maybe five or six or seven local comic book artist guys probably the most famous one is uh, Richard Case and um, yeah who else I'm blanking on his name now but um, um Shoot, I, I have to look it up, and they—they're kind of there every signing and every free comic book day. So yeah, <laughs> so maybe on a free comic book day or something like that, I could talk to one of the artists, and maybe he was, you know, friendly with some of the other people who lived in the uh, the area. But I think he did, and I again, I'm trying to look it up. He did Amalgam Comics issue for this Robin Spider Man amalgamation spider boy didn't I, he do the art I on that think one
1: so i yeah i wanted to say that but I, ha- I actually have it in in my notes here and i've got a question mark by it and i i couldn't fact check it soon enough twitter Cat will fact check me spider boy
4: <laughs> yeah um oh man and i keep i, I cannot me, get this stuff fast <laughs> enough <laughs> this show is the most sprawling like weird episode oh, ever <laughs> yes he he did he did Spider boy number one. so I'm not oh. sure if this came out on that guest issue. Remember there was a guest artist a couple of oh. issues back yeah, yeah so yeah. I don't know if it came out then or came out a little bit after so he did do that so maybe on an April Fool's Day show or something we should review that <laughs> that <laughs> issue.
1: There you go. Well, that's essentially going to do it for our coverage for these few issues for this uh, Frankenstein podcast. Then we'll have to get the uh, Myers cut officially put together, so you can go, "Wow, the episode sounded great, Rob." And then I'm going to release, you know, what what our original <laughs> intention of the of the episode on was your Ltd streaming service, <laughs> yeah. It all right, helps.
0: ready,
4: Rob. Here's your edit. The the artist who lives around Durham and Raleigh, North Carolina, who always always had all the free comic books. I was trying to think of Tommy Lee Edwards. That's the guy.
0: Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he <laughs> don't look up, but I, Mother Panic. He was on that, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I give you something else to look up. But I'm, pretty, I'm pretty
0: sure. Pretty sure he's a big part of that. The DC Young Animal, you know, Batman adjacent book. Mother mm. Mother Panic. Uh, it says here he played. Two Face in
4: Batman Forever. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, oh gosh. <laughs> uh,
0: let's see, Tabby Lee Edwards. Uh, <laughs> this show is just us looking up. You should instead, instead of the lockup cut, it should be called the lookup cut because we just keep looking stuff up. Yes, Mother Panic. He did there you Mother go. Panic. Yes, I I read the first like I've got a bunch. I've got the whole run of that. I read the first uh, arc like what was that six issues or something. It was really interesting.
1: You know, and the funny thing about all this is the last few episodes I've been like, you know what, I wanna have a format and I'm I'm gonna write down notes and I'm gonna send them to everybody and we'll we'll kinda keep us on keep us on track and in perfect L T D fashion. You know what? As George would say, this is the show. And we're not (laughs) gonna change it. (laughs) Yeah, we're not gonna change it. We're gonna keep interrupting. (laughs) That's right but hey hopefully that's why you tune in and why you guys love the drake. We're still doing our uh, Robin 80th anniversary shows. I've been banking a few more of those and I thought it might be kind of fun maybe when we like talk about oh trying to do a Christmas episode before things get too crazy. Maybe we'll will the three of us will just kind of pick a book that will just be released in December. Something that I thought about might be kind of fun to discuss and I'm Throwing the seed out here right now, we've kind of already quasi read the story already on the podcast. But Robin Year One, writ- written by Chuck Dixon, that we talked about—I forget it was the. Oh um, yes, the zero was no, it? The zero? No, no, it was no, no, in, no. It
0: was in. Um not prodigal
1: it. right prodigal yes yes
0: yes where they that, talk about it that was a, an the old... seed
1: that was planted in yes. that that caused dixon to go you know what i could write something about that so i thought that might be kind of fun where they to... talk about robin's inner early interaction with two-face
0: and we're like yeah. is that a real book and you're like no and then later I, we were like actually it wasn't but then they but dixon turned it into a real story in robin year one right
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i've had that for a while and I don't know if I've ever read it all the way through. So I've been kind of looking for an excuse to do something like that. So I'm planting the seed out here live on the, on the mic, whether this goes into the show or not. And, and December, here's an episode of everyone loves the Drake and it's us talking about Robin year one. So just a, just a thought out there, but this is where we're going to end this episode. Thanks for tuning in and uh, to the Batman universe.net, but more importantly, listen to the three of us, tell you why everyone loves a drake we'll see you guys on an upcoming episode stay tuned and stay safe out there take care bye thanks for listening to robin everyone loves the drake podcast this has been brought to you by the batmanuniverse.net tim drake robin and all batman related characters are the copyright of dc comics this podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, so no infringement is intended by this show. The show is not a good revenue stream. Actually, there's not a stream at all. All music and sound clips are under copyright by their respective copyright holders. So there should be no need to send the Penguins lawyers after us for ill-gotten gains because there are none. You can get a hold of the show a few different ways. We are on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. You can also email in at podcast at Yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves Drake. And as always, you can message directly over at the BatmanUniverse.net. So email, tweet, or message us. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll read your comments or responses on the show. The show you're listening to can be found a few different ways through iTunes and Windows Media. Also over at our host TVU. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there, it'll help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care.